If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump... Hi, guys. So in this episode, we address a topic uh, that uh, we may have talked about in the, in the distant past, but we thought we want to bring up again. Uh, intensity. It's one of the factors that you need to monitor and manipulate to get your body to respond to your workout. Intensity referring, of course, to how hard you work out. But did you know you can work out too hard? That's right. Most people, in fact, especially beginners and people just getting started in fitness, actually over-apply intensity. And not only is it a waste of intensity, but they actually prevent their bodies from getting more fit. Now, that part of the episode starts about 25 minutes in. For the first 25 minutes, though, we have our fun introductory conversation. We start out by talking about your mama jokes. Yeah, we oh, do a yeah. few trades there. Bringing them back. We talk about wet willies, Indian burns, and pink belly. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> that's a, that. That's one just, I think you might have made that one up. <laughs> no, pink bellies. Yeah. People know about and it. And roughhousing with your kids. Then we talked about being confident and becoming confident. And then we read some of our most common uh, said quotes that people are talking about in our private forum. And then, of course, 25 minutes in, we talk about intensity and how to apply it properly. Uh, also, this month, January, of course, is when everybody tries to get into shape. We're taking our flagship foundational fitness program, MAPS Anabolic, and we're cutting the price in half. Mm. So it's 50% off for MAPS Anabolic. You just got to go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code RED50, R-E-D-5-0, the number 5-0, without a space, for 50% off. Also, a new version is going to be, be released soon. Uh, so those of you that already have MAPS Anabolic or those of you who enroll now will get updated automatically at no additional cost. Also, we have a lot of MAPS programs, a lot of fitness programs for different people's goals. We have some for athletes, some for people who are very experienced, some for bodybuilders or bikini competitors. Uh, we have bundles for the summer, bundles to get shredded, bundles for people who work out at home. All of those programs, including the 50% off MAPS Anabolic with the code RED50, can be found at mapsfitnessproducts.com. Ugh, I gotta smell Sal. Ugh. <laughs> you, know, you know what it smells like? Yeah, I do. Like keto breath? Yeah. No keto breath. I'm not in keto anymore. I haven't been keto in a long time. So what does that mean when you have keto breath then? Yeah, ketones. You know, ketones come out in your breath. No, no, I mean, what does it mean when your breath smells bad? I always assumed it was because of the keto. No, 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 it's not. It's for something else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's for, for Mondas. Made out with your mom. For my- <laughs> oh, that's a new bacteria. So I told you not to Boom. do that. new bacteria. I told you not to do that, dude. Hey, yeah. That's the joke that never ends. That's the, it's uh, never you, old. Yeah, your mama. If, yeah, if yeah. you're like thinking Every of time. a, you're trying to think of a comeback and you're like, oh, I don't have a good one. Yeah. Just there's something about their mom. Instantly yes. wins. Yes. You you over trumpet. Somebody on the on the forum was like, "Hey, um, I saw you nailed them with that." Yeah, one. like, "Hey, you guys, uh, you know, does what do you guys think of of occlusion training?" I'm like, "Oh, it's for it's awesome. It actually works. It, it definitely builds muscle." He's like, "Then how come your calf, your you and Adam have still have small calves?" And everybody's like, "Ha ha ha." Uh, so I was like, "Oh well, you know, they're a lot bigger than they would be." And I'm like, "And your mom likes them." And I just that that your mom joke at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's just enough. It's yeah, good. It's just enough. To, In fact, last night, um, shut it down. My my kids and I were going back and forth with your mama jokes. Did you know that it's a big thing now with the kids? Is it? It's, yeah. it's come back? back, huh? It's, it's come cool. back, dude. Oh, Everything it's is probably coming. never left, mm-hmm. dude. Let's be yeah. honest. We were going back and forth with them. I'm trying to think of the ones my kids. What do my kids say? Uh, they said some pretty funny ones. 
What was one of them? My my daughter. Oh, um, my son said, "Your mom's so fat that she has to wear two watches because each arm is in a different time zone." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've heard that one. That's good. You have? Yeah, yeah I've never was, heard that yeah. one before. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And then I'm like, you guys realize you're talking about your grandma? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? I can talk about your mom. I divorced her, yeah. but you can't say shit about my uh, <laughs> <your grandma. laughs> No, that's fun. That's good. It's fun. Yeah. So hopefully they don't they don't repeat that shit. Uh, <laughs> School. You know. My dad taught me this joke. Oh, no, surely. Your mom's such a whore. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what's bad. I also like, so I was going through my, my kids are like, just every time I get home from work, it's like wrestle time, you know, ever since like, uh, we had that episode, Dr. Warren Farrell, it was like the benefits of rough housing. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to step my game up a bit. And so we'd been having like rough housing and it'd been sort of this thing that reemerged. And so I was like, actually started to introduce like dirty dirty wrestling tricks you know <laughs> like, like with the fish hooks and like all these things and so i you don't fish hook your kids no but like you know <laughs> i'm like you can't do this and this would hurt you why know? not that would be you can fish real, no, you're like no, like this would suck you know like that's you put them in real, situations yeah but a real fish hook where you stick your hand in their mouth and rip yeah, it back their cheeks exactly dang but you just like pretend to do it oh okay is what i'm saying say, wash your hands i'm telling you all right, all right so there's that and then there was also like the uh you know, it's the inappropriate, like socially uh, unacceptable terms now, like Indian burn. So I was oh, like yeah. teaching them the Indian burn. You can't say that anymore. I don't know. I I just assumed because it's because it says Indian, right? So I was like doing Indian burn, like ah, that's, like it yeah. sucks. And so they started doing it to their friends, and I'm like, oh great, this is gonna come back to me. I guarantee. Yeah, my you. dad taught me this. It's yeah. called the Indian yeah. burn. The, the wet willy, you know. <laughs> Give them the wet willy and the yeah. pink belly. The what? Wet willy and pink belly. No, what's, what's the, the pink, pink belly? belly? Pink belly is where you slap the shit out of their stomach until it turns pink. <laughs> <laughs> you guys never did that? No. no that's oh, great. yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. What I do with my kid, so my daughter likes the rough house more than my son. So what she'll do is I'll get a big uh, blanket and I'll lay it all out. So I'll spread it out and then she'll get in the middle of the blanket and then I'll get all the corners and tie it all up and I'll carry her around the house like she's a, like, like I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. She thinks that's so funny. That's then great. I swing around in it and all that stuff. It's, 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 a, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but it requires a lot of energy. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Sometimes I come home and I'm tired, you know. Yeah. And my daughter wants the rough house, and I'll, I'll tell her, okay, I'll have to give her a time, like 15 minutes worth, because I'm tired. Yeah, I always try and push it back. I'm like, ah, oh, before bed, you know, before bed. Mm -hmm. So it's like something we look forward to. But yeah, it's, yeah. it gets exhausting. Do you rough house with Katrina? I yeah, I do. I do. We yeah. rough house all the time. Now you brought you leg locks. You talked about this just <laughs> recently that you actually started really kicking that up after the Warren Farrell episode. Yeah, both of us. Justin yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, bro. It's it's. <clears throat> I'm so uh, grateful for that interview just for that because yeah. I you know I um, I you know I, I like roughhousing with the kids I like messing around doing having fun but I don't realize the importance of it for a child like what it actually teaches a kid and when when Dr Farrell was on the show talking about how all the the, the long term benefits that kids get from it that's not just having fun yeah there's things that they're learning from it I kicked it up and I noticed a a, a difference yeah the I, behavior is affected by it yep it, yep it was yeah it was very interesting. Uh, and it made so much sense, and that's I think that's why I picked up on it so much. I'm like, oh my god, I, that's right. I am teaching them that mm -hmm. by you know physically sort of imposing certain you know obstacles for them to to kind of work their way out of. And it's interesting to watch them. And it's I, funny. I, I know it's really bad to compare to like dogs. But that's all I have to compare with, right? So, <laughs> it's but all right, I, it's fine. But I mean, I feel like that's even similar with with animals where. 
if I'm if I'm walking the boys and I'm playing with them and I'm roughhousing with them, like they just seem to be better behaved mm-hmm. and they don't do things like they don't do things that seems to get attention, right? Like I think when and then when I yeah, don't that. when I don't play with them, I don't walk them on the same cadence, you know, that's that's when they might piss in the house or chew something up or just be annoying, you yeah. know, just be pawing at me and just wanting my attention. But if I put that time in to to rough house with them and play with them for twenty or thirty minutes out of the day, they seem to be great and behave that well. Way. It's it's there's a few things. There's the a when you find something that your kids love that you get to do with them, it a you connect with them over it. But b it also gives you something to take away if they're if they're misbehaving, and that's important. You got to you got to consider that. Like, yeah. I know with my kids, my daughter in particular. If she's misbehaving, then I'll tell her, look, we're not going to roughhouse later if you keep that up. She's like, boom, on point, because she doesn't want to miss out on something that she really likes. So it gives me a little bit of that that, that power. The other thing, too, is that it teaches kids, um, this was according to Dr. Warren Farrell, how to be comfortable with uh, physicality, how to know when to apply a certain amount of force and not over-apply force. So it mm-hmm. actually teaches children empathy. Because yeah. roughhousing is you're 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 playing rough, but you're not really fighting. You're not trying to hurt each other for reals. Right. So if they go a little too hard, you could stop. Hey, don't punch in the face, or hey, don't do that. Okay, and then we continue. And then the last one, I have a little girl, and what really resonated with me was, you know, Dr. Warren Farrell said, you know, when a when a father roughhouses with his daughter, it teaches her to be she can be comfortable being physical with a man and it not being sexual. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it's we're being physical and there's nothing sexual about it and that's an important thing for a girl to have that confidence in her body to where she'll be okay hugging a guy or you know and not feel super weird about it or make any, everything feel that way so yeah, yeah. really good yeah, I also started playing uh, so for Christmas Jessica bought the kids uh, shoot some board games because they really like board games and we started playing Rummy Cube you guys ever play Rummy Cube mm-hmm. wait. Is okay. Is I'm trying to remember. Does it have to deal like it has like a bubble in the middle and you like uh, pop the uh, dice? No, that's I think that's sorry. Was that sorry? Was that sorry? It was, uh, no. Yeah, I don't know. What is it? Rummy Cube, you get uh, all these tiles with numbers on them. And the idea is to either have the numbers be in consecutive order, but they also have to be in the same color, or they have to be the same number, but be different colors. So, I mean, it's, it, there's, there's more to it, but. It really is. You have to really think about you know math and how to match things up and add them up. You have to be able to see patterns. Hmm. So we're playing this these, this game, and I've played now with my kids four separate times. And everybody can play, and we all have a lot of fun doing it. But it does take a lot of brain power, especially as the as the board starts to get bigger and bigger. And my son is like a wizard when it comes to math and patterns with, with numbers, right? So he's he's won every game, right? The last <laughs> four games. And I'm trying to beat this fucker because I, cause I'm like, because you know why? Yeah. He's talking shit. Oh, oh yeah. Of course he is, dude. He's talking mad shit. Like he'll do like a move that's like seven moves deep in a row. Yeah. And you'll be like, boom. And you like walk around the table like with his arms up. like, And he's like, <laughs> and then I'll be like, let's bliss. That's the game right there. I'll be like, let's play a game and uh, let's play a game uh, again. And he'll be like, oh, you want to get your butt kicked again? So I'm like, all right, little oh, fucker. Wow. So I'm like, you, I told him, I said, you know, I said, you like talking crap. Get I said, him to play hearts and get on the app so I can play with him. So, okay. So what I did was, I'll do that. Actually, yeah. I'll do that. So what I did was, is I told him, I said, you know, I said, I don't mind if you talk crap. I think it's hilarious. I said, but you got to be able to take it, take the same thing back. I said, so when, so I already told Jessica, I'm, as soon as I beat him at something, yeah. I'm going to give him a dose. So, <laughs> so we all played Pictionary. Yeah. And, uh, and we beat him at Pictionary. And so I was just laying into it with the. <laughs> 
put this shit on. And he didn't like it at all. He couldn't handle it. And I was just pushing him. And I said, hey, you got to be able to take it if you can dish it out, buddy. Yeah. You know, but this- It's easy to dish it out. Yeah. It's more lessons, you know? Like, you're going to go to- And eventually, you're going to go to college. Mm -hmm. Your buddies are going to- They're going to fuck with you. You got to be able to handle that shit. I taught Taylor how to play hearts this past weekend when we went up for Tahoe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's all on it right now. Him and Eli- are both are are, are they on your app? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. We play we play not. Again. Are you schooling them or what? Yeah, no, no. And Taylor's getting good though. He's he's he's. I mean, you could tell he, he's like this silent competitive guy that I found. Mm-hmm. Like you bring up the point of your son, like you're gonna you're gonna teach him the lesson of like razzing him too. Yeah. It's funny what a, a important lesson I think that is too, because I think some people some people are really competitive, but they don't handle that part really well. I think it mm-hmm. depends on how they were raised. Like, were they around other men? typically who did that to them yeah you know what i'm saying yeah that's a major fact because you ever meet a girl who grew up with like five older brothers mm-hmm. they usually can they usually can take it Yeah, they can take yeah yeah because jokes because they were around it right. a lot. that's and like so, katrina is she like that yeah, yeah yeah no totally and i think taylor's the opposite of that i don't think he's he's the oldest boy and i don't think anybody fucked with him or razzed him and yeah. so, so i've he already just takes it personal yeah yeah so i've already learned that with him that but he's so competitive that he doesn't like losing you know, or he, does, he he so he he will go back and practice and do whatever it takes, <laughs> but yeah. he he does it silently, and you can't taunt him. If you taunt him, you'll shut him down. So I've already I've pieced that together from the short time that we've worked together now, and so so I, I grew up with nine male cousins, and we're all right around the same age. Yeah, and our dads are all cousins with each other, and our dads are all around the same age. And so our dads used to talk shit to each other mm-hmm. when we were kids. Like when we were kids, I remember my dad and my and his cousin uh, and his cousins arm wrestling at the dinner yeah. table yeah. and just the fucking tables getting flipped all over the place. <laughs> People talking shit, everybody's laughing. I remember one time we I went with my dad and his cousin. I was a kid, so I must have been like 10. And so his cousin brought his son, who's my other cousin, right? So the father and sons, right? We all went to uh, car dealerships to look at uh, BMWs. And the purpose of it wasn't to buy the car, it was just to go drive around a cool car, right? So he, my dad's cousin gets in a BMW and my dad gets in a BMW, both of them with the sales guy and then me in the back and my cousin in the back, right? They like get a race They just other? fucking started <laughs> racing each other down the road, you know, on the freeway and shit. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, and I grew up with that. And so me and my cousins, the same thing. I'm on a, a group thread with my cousins and 95% of it is just shit talk, literally. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really like they will hit you right where it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think that was one of the things that, <laughs> that connected the three of us early on was that <laughs> we, we all had like, yeah. so mine isn't like that because I didn't have, I wasn't really close to my siblings or any of my family members growing up. Or I shouldn't say my siblings, but I'm the oldest of, uh, of five kids. And so I wasn't really competitive with him. But I was always so I was young for my class. I'm also a late bloomer, and I'm also an ectomorph. So I was the little, smaller, younger guy of all the friends forever. So my whole life, I as a young kid playing sports for the first half of it, I got my ass kicked and mm-hmm. everything. And I of course wanted friends and I wanted to play. So you can't. And as a young boy growing up in sports, like you just you can't fold your cards and go home and say I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, you're you're by yourself, right? Exactly. So <laughs> I mean, I got really good because I would be playing with people that were bigger, faster, stronger than I was for most of my life. And then finally, I kind of caught up. And then it was like, oh, it's on now. Yeah. You know yeah. So yeah. all of our friends are are the same way. And that was one of the common threads I felt about all of us when we got in a room. 
was really early yeah, nobody on. Get, nobody gets offended. Really? I uh, mean, it's it's part of our, I really believe it's part of, you know, the, the secret sauce or the success of Mind Pump, mainly because, and I would have never known this getting into it. Like, if you would have told me, like, oh, this is going to be an attribute that is going to serve you guys very, very well, I would have never guessed that because I didn't realize what uh, building a business on social platforms would entail. But when you look at our peers across the board and, and that have grown businesses from Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and podcast and whatever, YouTube, uh, you, the amount of hate and shit and talking that you get from uh, having an online presence is just you're bombarded with it. Yeah. And I and I look across the board amongst our peers and I see a lot of these very successful men and women that are struggling with, you know, they sure they're successful financially. But then they're they're internally struggling because they can't handle the abuse that comes from the amount of people that you're now connected with and how how hard people can be online. Where all of us are just <laughs> laughing. Like yeah. you know what I think about it. Like <laughs> Sal and Justin have said meaner shit to me than anybody yeah. else could think of. You know what I'm saying? So true. It is like that. Nobody know we know each other better than anybody else. So well, like our really deep insecurities and shit like that. It's already too late. We oh, already, yeah, we already went there. <laughs> no, what's funny is that if somebody says something about like if I did a YouTube video and someone will say something about me like Adam will screenshot it and send it to me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll jump on board <laughs> yeah. like this guy says you're, you're small guy, or something. Yeah. Like, oh. all right whatever let's keep asshole. going Absolutely. yeah dude my I, I grew up my brother was two years older than me so I was always and big as fuck right well he was he's six three but I mean he's skinny but like at the time he was bigger than me and my dad's six seven he's a lot bigger than me and so like I used to have to play and compete with them in basketball and then so so I was always like trying to be like my older brother and like rolling around with his friends and his friends used to beat the shit out of me, you know? And so I was always trying to prove myself yeah. all the time. And like, they were always just like, why'd you bring this? You know, I was always the tag along, you know, like my brother had to bring me places and stuff, you know? And so I was always trying to like make myself important, you know? And Dude, like, it's, it's one of those, it's like, uh, who is it that said it? I think it might've been Jordan Peterson. It's like, don't make your kids safe, make them strong. Mm -hmm. You want to teach them to be because you have two options either change the entire world around you or become strong and resilient so that you can withstand what the world uh, could throw at you and i think only one of them you really have control over the other one you don't necessarily have control over so you want to be able to to develop a kind of a bulletproof personality where you know and it, you know where it comes from you have to be confident mm -hmm. you really do it's not that you just sit there and like oh, it's not going to bother me you have to be so confident that uh, that someone saying something to you isn't going to hurt you really because you you already you like yourself you already like yourself so you know you're not going to make me feel bad about myself because I like who I am. Yeah. Well, somebody know? asked a question on my my Q and A thing that I did yesterday about that like you know how do you build confidence when you don't have confidence in yourself and I don't I don't know if there's this I, I don't I don't know if there's an exercise that I would employ someone to do or if there's something that I've done in the past but. I think it really starts with learning to love yourself. Like, who cares about everybody else first? Like, first you have to learn to love who you are. And then at that point, then it doesn't really fucking matter. Then then the more unique you are and the more different than you are than everybody else, the more you start to appreciate that, I mm -hmm. think. It's like the the worst thing that you could, you could ever be, I think, is like somebody else. Like, I don't want to be yeah. like anybody else. I don't want to be normal I want to be me, you know, because nobody else can, nobody can do me better than me. Right. Like, and right. so 
being yourself is is the is the secret to confidence it's, mm-hmm. and being okay with your uniqueness and your difference. Now, the irony is the uh, most people that struggle with insecurities that's their way of deflecting it on you by teasing you for yours. But once you learn to see that, oh wow, that's them projecting their issue on yeah. me. I'm really, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with them small calves. I'm cool with being that it guy. It takes a while for a lot of people to yeah. see that. Yeah, it does. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, I mean, it hurts. You know, initially, but yeah, you you really do see that is a projection of their own shit they're dealing with about themselves and they want you to feel that bad about it you yeah know, because it's, of it psychologists will say that one of the best ways to build confidence uh in children is to have them uh, be presented with challenges that are that are genuine challenges and then have them uh succeed at overcoming them uh sometimes not all the time but sometimes uh, because you don't want them to constantly be defeated by challenges but you also don't want them to overcome things without any challenge and make it easy you want you want to have a struggle and think about yourself like what has built the most confidence in you in your life it's always something that was a very difficult challenge that you busted your ass you really fucking tried maybe you didn't make it the first time maybe you didn't make it the second time but then you finally did it now you're at a new level you know you're at a new level that's when it has real meaning that's it that's when you have real meaning so you know my earliest ways of building confidence was through exercise, resistance training, because, you know, it was a, I put hard work in and it doesn't work. And I put more hard work and it doesn't work. And then, oh, oh, now I can see, I can yeah. see what, what I'm getting out of it. And I can see my improvement. However incremental it is, I could see that, I, that, that I'm overcoming this challenge little by little. And then I became more and more confident. And it's funny because my first, uh, you know, big job, I mean, I've been working since I was 14 years old. But my first like real like big job obviously was was in fitness and I've stayed there since. But I remember as an 18 year old kid walking into the gym because I'd been uh, so embroiled in fitness in my own personal life. It was the one place where I at 18 years old felt supremely confident. You know what I'm saying? Like at 18 years old, I, I'm far more confident generally as a as a, a person now than I was when I was 18. I think most people are when they're you know if you compare a you know, 39 year old to their 18 year old self, they're much more confident, know who they are. Right. But the one area that I felt supremely confident, uh, was in fitness. So I remember walking into the gym as an 18 year old and as an 18 year old, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was an introvert, but I wasn't this crazy extrovert either. I talked to people. I love having conversation, but I wasn't the super charismatic person. But as soon as I walked into the gym and I talked to people, it was like this, like I felt so confident and it mm-hmm. just, it grew from there. Um, you know, over the years and, and fitness really brought that for me. And I love, I love training kids for that very reason. I used to train, um, you know, I like to train older people, but I also like to train kids and I used to love watching children become, you know, especially teens become more confident through the lens. Of oh, fitness. it's so great to see the carryover. And oh. I remember, yeah, training this kid. Um, and he had, he had, uh, basically dropped out of college because, he just wasn't making grades and, um, you know, they removed his scholarship and he was going through all this tough, tough stuff that was going on in his life. And just now kind of organizing everything and focusing on himself, on bettering himself. And then the process that took uh, over the next year was transformative. And, and that carried back into now reapplying, getting back in, going on the rugby team, making the starting wow. squad like it was all just this like progression of 
him just taking the initiative and working on himself uh, from which I feel like fitness, that's the, a foundational part that we can, you know, we can build ourselves uh, out of. Speaking of us getting picked on and being resilient, <laughs> shit, I got to bring up the, and I, my, our forum will thank me for doing this because I know that a lot of people, this is probably one of the most viral threads the last week is the most used phrases oh, God. <laughs> on Mind Pump. So this this thread went crazy. It's still going crazy right now. People are it's like a hundred something comments. Yeah, it's, but and it's to the point of what we're talking about. I mean, these literally this is our own our core audience <laughs> teasing the fuck out of all of us, right? And, and that's fine because I remember back in the day, I always joke about this with with you guys of when I was controlling the Mind Pump IG page, and I would like typical Mind Pump. <laughs> Typical pump head, you know. I'm, I'm like, I'm like making fun of our own audience before we even had one. Like, what the fuck was I doing? I don't know. I just felt like compelled to do it that. It was brilliant. I, yeah, if you want a good laugh, go all the way back. <laughs> I figured I'd read some of them that yeah. are like the most liked and popular. Jeez, like, how many so, of them? Yeah. Are, uh, well, no, there's a ton, but I'll just read some of the most popular. Then we could also speculate who probably says that oh, the most, easy. right? Yeah. Uh, I've been in this industry for 20 years. That's me. Yes, so. <laughs> uh, library. Easy. That's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah we know on. that. Uh, here's the deal. Oh, that's me. That's definitely that you, you right you. there. Uh, look that up, Doug, real quick. That's you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I, yeah real quick. I do that a lot. Yeah. Fascinating. God damn it, Doug. This is mine, too. I do fascinating too yeah. much. I know I say that too much. For sure. Uh, that's all of us. It's probably me. Right, right. Yeah. 100%. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Group fitness needs to die. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> or let me give you an example. Yeah, <clears throat> well, that's me. But let me give you an example of what what I mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> Studies will show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. these are great. Aren't dude. they great? No, they they had me rolling. All the people are just having too much fun talking shit here. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good time. <laughs> I love it. I like it when I get called out on on you know. Oh, this means this is when Sal's going to transition to something, you know, and they'll tell me what I'm going to say. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, you guys know me too. Formula. I'm a numbers guy. I've said that that a lot. I've said that a lot. You're a numbers guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe once every other episode. (laughs) Stupid dude. (laughs) At least I don't say that much. Oh, dude, how funny was it outside Uh, on the scale when I had my foot on the scale with Justin? Oh my (laughs) god, you got me so good. (laughs) I was questioning myself there for a minute. I'm like, you know, I thought I was doing pretty well, and (laughs) it just kept going. I was like sliding the uh, the top, and and and, yeah, and then you're stepping on. Dude, Adam, that thing's had you a good 20 pounds heavier than what you said you were yeah that ain't right dude uh yeah, what do you mean it's not right no That's it's a, not i got corduroy on i got a three layers you're not wearing of, 20, 20 pounds, pounds. Of no i'll strip down and check it out i mean i did start working out and eating right again so i maybe i put a few few pounds of water and stuff back on and we just ate and drank so yeah my body fluctuates weight quite a bit i would not there's no reason for me to lie about my my weight though i'm like i'm not a i'm not a fucking <laughs> teenage chick you know what i'm saying like, there's no there's no reason for me to lie about my yeah, that, weight. Yeah. I, I got i got on the scale for the first, I think what was that last week when I announced that on the show, I had not been on the scale for probably over two or three months, and just been really inconsistent with my lifting, and I've reduced my calories significantly, and I know that I'm I'm much leaner, smaller. I shouldn't say leaner because I've probably put on some body fat over the holidays, but I'm smaller than what I normally am, and it's just the the volume of training. I'm just nowhere near what I'm normally mm. at. You know, talking about training, I uh, and maybe this is a good uh, good topic for an episode. Is uh, I, I've recently been up reapplying high intensity type uh, resistance training to my routine, but really mm-hmm. reducing the volume mm-hmm. and throwing in occasional uh, sets to failure. And uh, two things I realized from this: one is 
I think it may be beneficial to go, and this I, this applies to more advanced trainees. Uh, I don't recommend this to beginners or maybe even moderate or intermediate <laughs> lifters. Is every once in a while take a set to failure because I think there's more reps in your set than you think. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was doing squats, and I'm like I want to go to failure to where I can't squat this weight anymore, mm. and it just kept going and going and going. When I thought that I would fail, I could do another rep and I could do another rep. So that's a good one because it helped me reassess, you know, my intent. Like okay, yeah, you sort of recalibrate, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Where where how far you could mm -hmm. really take yourself? Yeah, now, it's it funny you bring that up because I part of why I wanted to talk about intensity is because. Right now in, in January, we have this flood of New Year's resolutions. Everybody's getting back in shape. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that one of the most common mistakes that I see people make is the over-application oh, of down. intensity yeah. during this time. I mean, this is the time when you look over in the gym and there's a yeah. line on the treadmills to get on there and people are going balls to wall. You see all the people doing the circuit training, all the CrossFit gyms are up in attendance. Like, it's on. Everybody is, they got all their shit eating and their laziness out over the last three months. Yep. And now it's time. They're trying about, to ride the wave. Right, it's the new, their, their, their new way of life. And I feel like all the clients that I've trained, and it's taken me years to do the, get to this point, is you know, learning to get them to to slow down and to focus on one or two things and and, and make better habits and yeah. change that long before we talk about sets to failure or getting after it or hit training or any sort of circuit training. I mean, it's like uh -huh. I can't stress that enough. Agreed. Yeah. No. I, I. I. What I'm talking about. You know, for me, and I've been consistent for for decades. Uh, for somebody getting started on a, on a routine or even someone who's intermediate, intensity is really easy to overdo. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually easier to overdo intensity than, than many of the other factors, mainly because overdoing frequency means you have to go to the gym all the time. And most people are less likely to commit going to the gym, you know, seven days a week uh, right out the gates. Although that's, that also happens, but it's just less, less often. And then duration most people are just limited by time. So like, okay, I got 45 minutes or an hour. So they're not maybe going to go too long. But almost everybody that makes the, a mistake when they first start training, the mistake that they make is they go too hard. Mm -hmm. They go too hard right out the gates. And too much intensity, uh, not only is it more intensity than you need, so I don't want people to think like, oh, okay, well, if I work out too hard, the only drawback is that I worked out harder than I needed, but I'm still going to get great results. No, you won't, actually. If you work out too hard you'll reduce the amount of adaptation uh, that your body can, uh, you know, is going to go through or reduce the, the kind of results that you get and sometimes prevent entirely your body from progressing. Um, and I've used this example many times. I could take a beginner off the streets and I could have them work out with me, you know, for 30 minutes every single day with the right intensity, but I could very easily overdo intensity within 10 minutes. I can 10 minutes, I can hammer someone so hard I could send them to the hospital. Yeah. And that's because, uh, because intensity has that much of an effect on the body. And when you look at intensity, you really only need to do more intensity than your body's kind of used to. So I remember learning this lesson as a trainer early on. I'd get new clients that would come in and we would do an assessment before they even hired me. And I'd have them do a squat assessment. And they'd have trouble doing a full squat, but right. I'd make them yeah. do the full squat. No, 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 go all the way down, go all, and I'd literally have them do. I'm not exaggerating, like five reps, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, a couple sets of five reps because I'm doing a squat assessment. I'm watching their form. Then they come back in for the first session. And they're like, whoa, my legs were so sore from that assessment. And I, and I remember it, it took me a while for that to dawn, like to really impact yeah. me. But like, oh, that was enough to right. get their body to, to Well, to, that, to that was so mind-blowing for me too, being from the athletic world where you – you're basically you already assume that you have a lot of abilities already and that for I can I can go through a type of a workout and and most people should be able to do what I can do and that mentality I think it carries into a lot of a lot of people who train themselves and want to and look awesome or and they want to tell everybody what they're doing is what's working with them you know working for them so well don't really have a pulse on your average person that's right. that's that's yeah. has not gone through that uh, years and years of of weight training that you didn't even account for that led up to like your crazy workout you're doing now that's giving you these types of biceps and results and and chest and uh, that was really hard for me to uh, basically reverse engineer. Uh, what I had learned so long ago to then be able to apply that to somebody just starting. Mm. Even I will even go as far as to say this: intensity is probably the last uh, one of the last factors you should start to scale up and push up, and for a couple different reasons. Absolutely. But, but, the, but the first reason, the first reason is as your body as you push intensity, fatigue sets in. That's one of the hallmarks of intensity, right? It's getting hard. As fatigue sets in, the first thing to go out the window is form. It breaks down. That's it. Control and form. You're right. Everything goes out the window. When you're starting, the probably the most important time to solidify good form and mm -hmm. good mechanics mm -hmm. is at the beginning. It doesn't make it. I mean, sometimes I feel like I actually relate more to the average person than the the fitness guru and the fit person who's in love with working out. Like I love to work out. I do. I really like to work out. But I also love sports and I love snowboarding and I take time off all the time. Like, and so here I am, like, it's not even, it's, I think, I, I think I hit 14 days during this last couple of months of not lifting consecutively, which was just this Christmas break or like that. So I have, I haven't taken off 14 straight days of no lifting weights in quite some time. And it was this just recently. So <clears throat> yesterday I'm back in the gym and I'm lifting and literally Two sets for every muscle group in, in in my body. That is it. None of them to failure. None of them anywhere close to what my max is. I, I hung around 12 to 15 rep range. Some of those I could even shorter because I, I was on fire and burning by the time I was at 10. And, and I knew I was already struggling with the weight and I didn't want my form to break down. And so I, I cut every, every set... Sh uh, multiple reps short of, of failure, and I just went there, and I'm sore everywhere, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm, and that, that's only a two week break for me. That's it, and I would consider myself a very consistent lifter. So if I feel that way, of only taking two weeks off, and I and I know that I'm way more consistent than probably eighty percent of the population. Yeah. So when I get somebody who's coming in and they're wanting to kick things back up, like I cannot stress enough especially to our trainers that are listening to this the the overuse of intensity mm -hmm. when you first when you first do it and then and to not having the words to explain to your client why they don't want that why you don't want me to do that we are we are limiting our resources as we get cuz it's it's inevitable a plateau will happen it happens to all of it happens to the best and the smartest of us 
that it's inevitable a plateau is ahead of us. And when you bring, come out the gates with intensity, you're rushing yourself to that plateau. Mm-hmm. That plateau is on its way faster than the person who is who took the approach. It's the the tortoise and the hare. You know, it's the it's the taking that real gradual, consistent approach and application of a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And you know, where you see the big difference is not so much in the first four weeks, yeah. but in the eight weeks, twelve weeks, thirty six weeks. It's interesting too. Like I'm going through the the process of relearning something that I used to be really good at, which was power cleans. And I have not incorporated power cleans since I basically was training for sports and that was something that I really cared about and I really thought had good uh it translated really well to uh my movement and my my snap and my power output on the field and and so like everyday life I'm like I I just kind of want to look good and and feel good and move good like that those are like really my only goals these days and uh but I'm like you know I I missed the skill of it like I and, and so just approaching it now it is so humbling to start a skill that's really a high technical skill like that all over again with like no weights, no weights, mechanically sound going through that process. Like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to really crank the intensity up. Like my body's going to tell me that, but it's it. If, if I could just take that same thought and mentality and, and, and discipline towards like your average person just learning how to just do a little bit more and consistently going into the gym, we would have a lot better, uh, you know, results. As well, it- I would argue that it's better for you to, because you said you made a statement that I think we should we should all elaborate on, which is until my body tells me. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that fucking mean? What does that mean that my body is telling me to take up the intensity? And my answer to somebody that would ask a question like that would be, I'm better off having two to three workouts in a row where I feel absolutely no soreness and and walk away going like I probably could have pushed myself more than I am having a single workout that I overreached yep. and got too sore from it. Yeah. Yep, yep. You want to feel like you're really good at it first. Right. And, and, it's, feel- and, it's, and it's not going to hurt you to nope. not get sore for a couple of workouts and not really feel the workout that much because you just practiced the skill or you could have increased volume when you didn't. No, no. no. Consider that. Look, if you're going to the gym right now, if you just started working out or you just got back into working out, uh, do you want to be fit? Do you want to look good forever or for just a short period of time? If it's forever, which is most people listening then you have forever. You have the rest of your life. Yeah. Take your time. There's no Take, rush. There's no rush. Take your time. It'll do a much, you'll do a, uh, it'll, it'll be a much better process and you'll actually get there more effectively with that approach. The other thing, you know, the, the thing to consider about exercise is it is a, uh, it is a stress on the body. It really is. I mean, if we, if we took somebody working out and analyzed what was happening to their body while they were working out, for all intents and purposes, we would look at the results of that and be like, whoa, you should never do that again. Like your stress hormones went up, inflammatory markers went up, you got all this damage going on. Like that was a bad thing that you did to your body. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, it kind of is. The reason why it's not a bad thing though is your body adapts to that insult, because that's what it is, by becoming stronger and more fit. Now, if that insult overcomes your body's ability to adapt, which is not hard to do, especially if you're a beginner, especially if you haven't worked out for a long time. It's not hard to do that. It really isn't. Now, if I take 
a super advanced hardcore athlete who's been training consistently for for years, who's got a perfect diet. Well, they their body won't respond or adapt to anything that isn't at a super high level. Their body's just used to it. Like this, this is I'm used to. It. It's not going to do anything for me. So you have to push them really, really hard to get their body to move forward. For the average person, if I do that, I overcome their body's ability. Yeah. And when you overcome your body's ability to adapt, you know you don't really get that hormetic response. You just get the fucking alarm bells going off. Right. Body shuts down. I need to protect myself. And you actually uh, put yourself in a bad situation. Yeah, it's like you're surviving in your environment versus thriving in your environment where you have the uh, abilities now to w- when you're when you're faced with that kind of a stress, I can I can navigate through that and, yeah. and, and be strong in that. Yeah. It's, it's, the, other, the other problem, too, is that a, a while ago, a long time ago, exercise became not about the exercise. It became all about the feeling that it produces. The punishment. Yeah, so when somebody says, I'm going to go get a good workout, what they mean, most people mean, is uh, it's going to be hard, I'm going to sweat, uh, I'm going to get sore, muscles are going to burn. And so really it doesn't matter what I do in my workout as long as I get that feeling right there. And if I have fun while I'm doing it, well, that's that's an extra plus. That's the wrong way to look at it. Look at your workout like a set of skills. And I'm going there to learn these skills. It's really no different than any other skill. Like... Are you going to, if you've never played the piano before, are you going to go play real hard? You can't. You don't even know what the hell you're doing. You got to learn the skills first, practice and get good at it. And as you get better, then you can start to push and, and flow and play music. It's no different with exercise. Not only that, that's, it's not, it's all, it's also what does your body need at that time, right? Like I remember I used to get teased as, with, with my peers in the men's physique world because I'd walk out of the gym sometimes and I actually did, wasn't sweating at all. Mm. And I'd have I'd have one of my peers go like, "Hey, how was your workout?" And I was like, "Oh, great workout." And they're like, "Well, you didn't even break a sweat." Well, that wasn't the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The goal wasn't to break a sweat. Today was mobility driven and and the way I moved or a skill type of workout. It doesn't I could have a phenomenal workout and not sweat my ass mm-hmm. off. It doesn't Now that's not to say too that some of my workouts I didn't come out drenched in sweat too. I think there's a place for the intensity and I think sometimes our message gets convoluted with this idea that you know we're anti-intensity or we're right. anti-sweat or anti-pushing the body and some of that or failure no it's not that and and I've, I've had this conversation with people on our forum and, and that follow the the show is that i i think that we're trying to talk to most people mm-hmm. like the mass the vast majority of people is who we're communicating. That doesn't mean there's some outliers that are listening to the show that can handle that intensity or are ready for that volume to to scale up to that. It's all about our collective experience as trainers, what we've seen uh, uh, thematically uh, over and over again is like there's there's just been so much more of the over-application of intensity and how that hasn't helped people progress. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of like struck a chord uh, and but yeah, there are there are times where you need to get somebody to really you know find that within themselves and and bring that into the workouts. I do mm-hmm. want to bring that out of people, and I want them to uh, you know push themselves. Like, yeah, there, there's times for that. Yeah, imagine if you had a, a gym, and instead of people coming in to work out, the idea of the gym was you're coming in here, and we're gonna get you really, really good at squatting, deadlifting, rowing, pressing, uh, you know, and, and, you know, doing windmills or something like that. Like that's, that's what this gym is all about. You're going to come in and we're going to just teach you 
how to do these really well. And then when you come in, each time you come in, you're going to practice. You're going to practice, and you're going to practice on how to do these. Yes. And you're just going to get really good at them. Imagine how fit the people in that gym would get versus how versus the people that go to a I normal gym. I would love to see a gym like that. Yeah, could you imagine how fit and yeah. incredible people would feel going in and just practicing these movements and getting better at better them? I mean, I can't stress this enough. Don't push yourself until you know, until you can move right and learn mm-hmm. what you're doing. Otherwise, it it doesn't help you. Well, this yeah. was the I think I made this point on an episode earlier this week was you know, I found some of the best workouts that I gave clients ended up being this one hour dedicated to squatting. And it wasn't one hour of literally set after set after set of squatting. It was squat, point out all the the breakdown in the squat, showing the client, oh, look, your heels are rising here. Oh, your feet are pronating. Oh, your shoulders are rolling forward here. Pointing out all the things where we break down in the kinetic chain and then going like, okay, let me show you the reason why you're rounding forward like this and let me teach you exercises to fix that and address that. And then we would do some of that, then we'd go back to squat. Then we'd show, and then I'd, and I'd do that for the entire hour. Man, the benefits that that client gets versus some super technical program or some crazy random program that's just put put together a whole collection of exercises that are either hard or different because no mm-hmm. one's done them before. They would and, they would benefit far the, yeah. more from just learning how it's to squat. It's interesting, and this, this relates to kind of what we're talking about. Uh, I was watching my son... Um, if play basketball, he's he's never played basketball before. He's learning the skill of basketball, and he has this young coach who, um, you know, he's 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 doing a good job in terms of of uh, getting the kids involved and in, in having fun. But I sit there and I sort of bite my tongue at some things just because there's fundamentals involved with learning this skill, and if I see. The, the, the very visible things that I see are th- these kids need to dribble, dribble, dribble until they master dribbling. They need to pass, pass, pass until they master passing. They need to rebound until they're sick of rebounding. They need to keep shooting until, you know, like close to the basket until they're even efficient at that and have the strength to now move back. Or what I do see is, okay, now we're dribbling, but now I'm bored with that, so I'm going to teach them how to dribble between their legs how to spin with oh, the ball. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I know it sounds so boring and, you know, to, yep. to kids and, and, but you know what? It is so crucial. It's crucial to, to develop the right skill set to now build upon. Right. You're jumping way ahead. That's exactly this, the same thing with, uh, with fitness. And, you know, the problem is if I'm selling a fitness program or I'm selling a video or I'm selling a, a, a TV show about people getting in shape, it's fucking boring to watch people do it the right way. It's the bottom line. Yep. It's not nearly as sexy as watching people die on the treadmill and scream and their trainer, oh, you can fucking do this and you keep going and watching them puke. and That's a very thrilling thing to watch. It also makes me want to buy a workout video. If I'm watching a workout video and I see all the people sweating their ass, this is the hardest workout I've ever had in my life. And, and I'm thinking like, yeah, I want it. that's what I need to do. I need to beat myself up. That's what I, So it sells shit. I get that. But it doesn't fucking work at all. It, when I learned as a trainer how to train people properly based on the skill of exercise and I took them through this process appropriately, clients stayed with me for, for a decade or longer. Before that, I was a... Trust me, I was a great trainer, very charismatic, all that stuff, showed up on time, took my job very seriously. I, if I had a client longer than a year, I was doing a, an incredible job. Now, after that, you know, after I learned how to do it properly, 10 years, people would stay and keep going and continue to go. 
So really, if you want to do this the right way, and, and by the way, you're not going to get results any slower. This is the other myth. Right. There's a myth that, okay, well, fine, I, I don't want to do it the right way because I, I, it's not going to happen for me as quickly. Not true. Go to the gym, beat the crap out of yourself, super restrict yourself with your diet, and we'll see where you're at in six months. I think I think it's true in a four to six week window. I think that's why it gets people. Very few people yeah, can- Yeah, where are they at? Fucking 12 weeks. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think- I think that's the argument that, I mean, when you look at the Orange Theories, when you look at the, you know, uh, CrossFit gyms, when you look at these gyms, if you're a person that just getting started in January and you sign up and enroll in one of these classes, like, and you're listening to what we're saying right now, hands down, the Orange Theory CrossFit people in the first four, six weeks will see more physical change to their body based off of the amount of intensity and movement and calorie expenditure, you know, if all things are equal nutritionally, right? If all things are equal nutritionally, the person that comes goes into a class setting like that and gets after it and chases intensity, the first four to six weeks, you win. You absolutely win. And if this is a race in four to six weeks and that the race is over and then you don't give a shit what happens after that, then by all means, that's a great approach. But if you're looking for long term and I want to continue to see results beyond six weeks and I want to continue to see my see my body progress. And then I also, in addition, want to be able to sustain that long term. It's an awful approach. It's a terrible approach. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why it's so marketable is because very few people even make it beyond that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the average person falls off in that six to eight week period. And so in that six to eight week period, the people that are marketing whatever it is they're marketing is going to they're they're gonna sound correct or they're gonna have proof in their pudding because they're using a very small window. But in reality, when you look at the longevity or of, of someone's training training protocol, following that method of chasing intensity is a very, very short lived. No, I mean if you're if you're just getting started or you're just getting back into it, I mean, best thing you could do is go to the gym a few days a week, walk in there. And practice movements. Move through the movements. Challenge your range of motion, but make sure you don't go beyond what you can control so you don't hurt yourself. Feel certain movements, but more than that, just kind of, like I said, just practice them. After about 45 minutes, you'll feel like you did some stuff. You worked out a little bit. Leave. The next day, you shouldn't feel that sore. Really, you shouldn't. You should feel maybe a little bit of soreness at the most, but you shouldn't feel that sore. And then do it again, you know, wait a day and then do it again the day after that and, and practice the movements and keep that up. And it's really not as long as people, I know we say long term, and I think sometimes that deters people uh, mm -hmm. because long they think long term, like, oh, I'm going to see results in five years. Well, no. And I mean, mm -hmm. if you start to work on your nutrition on top of it, a few months, that's not a long time. You know, you've been you've been overweight for years. You know, a few months is nothing. Right. But watch how your body responds. And then here's the other end of it. Okay, at some point, no matter what, you're not going to get more fit. I don't care how uh, dedicated you are to nutrition and exercise. At some point, you reach a limit of the the fitness that you're going to achieve. Well, now how are you going to stay that way? Yeah, it better be something that you can do. That's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. You know how unsustainable a you know, 6 a.m., beat the crap out of you, right. workout classes, you know, five days a week. This is where I love to coach the step so much. This, that was such a game changer for me when, when I started to implement that into my coaching because that's the, the approach. And that's kind of aside from the body feeling, right, if I'm coaching somebody, I can't feel their bodies to, to know when to increase intensity. But I would use steps to and to create more movement or to create that calorie expenditure that we're looking for. I had a question the other day 
that somebody asked me, um, you know, what if I, I'm lacking motivation to get to the gym and lift weights? Like, how do you start or where would you recommend? I said, well, this is where I really like steps because I would assess what a normal week looks like for you and I would give you a very small incremental goal from there. You know, and since the average American is stepping around 4,000 steps, I go, okay, well, every day you only do about 4,000 steps. So let's now make it a goal that you get at least 6,000 every single day. Now, Ideally, I would like to see that coming from you going to the gym three times a week and actually lifting through this program that I have. But at the bare minimum, because you weren't doing that before, at least walk, at mm-hmm. least get to that 6,000. And then I would then I would inch them up and I would keep inching them up until eventually we're at a point where we're walking 20,000 steps a day. And what, what happens when you do that slowly is you start to create these habits for the clients to start to just you know, naturally take these little walks in the middle of their day at lunchtime now that they weren't really doing before. And it's not a real hard ask. It's not a go to the gym and break yourself off and be sore and go way out of your way. It's like, hey, you've now created this new little habit where you and your friends at lunchtime walk around the walk around the building five or mm-hmm. six, six times. And that's now added X amount of steps. And oh, and, and now you get up a half hour early and you go for a nice walk and a cup of coffee or some shit. You've started to create habits that you can sustain, that's not hard to sustain for a very long time. And then when we run out of time, when it's like, Adam, man, I'm walking in the morning like you had me before. I'm walking at my lunch break. I go for a nice walk in the evening. And now we're kind of landing between the 16 to 20,000 steps and I can't tend to break it. Okay, now let's talk about intensity. Now let's talk about one of these times, maybe post-workout, I have you do 12 minutes of hit style type of cardio, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it, you know, two to three times a week. And that's if they want to even continue to improve. Cause right. what I like about doing it the right way is at some point people are like, I'm happy. This is good now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm active. I feel good. I right. can move. I'm at a decent body fat percentage. I can maintain this. I can still enjoy weekend, you know, dinners with my, my husband or my wife. Um, so I don't need to go anymore and I can kind of maintain this. This is good. And that's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Now it's just your life. You know, how easy to stay, how easy is it to stay in shape when that's just how your life is? Yeah. It's not something that I, I'm like pushing towards all the time. It's something that yeah. I just maintain. One of the, one of the problems with a lot of the information that people get s- surrounding fitness and building muscle and burning body fat is the information you're getting is coming from people who are the most muscular, rippedest, yeah. highest performing people. Now, and I, I understand why that's natural. It's natural to, if you want to build, you know, amazing legs or you know, build a, a, a strong body, that I go look at the strongest people in the world mm-hmm. and I look and ask them for their advice. But the problem with that is there's there's a lot of problems with that. First off, the highest performing people in the world, the rippedest, most muscular, you know, strongest people, whatever. First off, those people, uh, their bodies genetically are at a different level than yours. The odds are very different, okay? Number two, they've been working for a long yeah. time to look Usually and perform. Usually since they're little kids. Yeah, I mean, for a long time. There's no, there's no way that you could possibly compare your body to their body. And then the third problem is they've never trained lots of regular, everyday people. They've only trained themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I was giving advice on this podcast based off of my own fitness and I never train anybody, my advice would sound a lot different. And I'm not some genetic anomaly or whatever, but I've been I've been dedicated to fitness forever. So my message may sound a lot more like the, oh yeah, you just gotta bust your ass, man. Go work out hard. You gotta, you know, yeah. intensity is very important. You know, hammer yourself, work out every single day. Because I would because I found that, that works for me at this stage 
in my you know lifting career. But I've worked with you know hundreds or thousands of clients. I've worked with lots of everyday people, and so that's that's why we're giving you this kind of advice because we know that this is what's going to work for most people. Don't listen to those other fitness fanatics and freaks who tell you that uh, you know the no pain no gain uh, you know beast mode mentality is what it takes because. They have no idea. They have zero idea. I mean, what I'm saying right now doesn't apply to them. If I were communicating to them, my advice would be very different. But they make up 0.01% of the population. You don't want to listen to them. It just doesn't make it would be like it would be like me asking the the top NBA player, "Hey man, you know, uh, how, how do I get as good as you?" They probably have no idea. Like, "Oh, well, I've been playing since I was Eight years old, right? Yeah. You know. Oh, and I'm also, you know, seven feet tall. Like yeah. it's a whole different. And I've got incredible athletic genes. It doesn't even matter. Start dunking in sixth grade. It's it, weird. Exactly. So that that's why a lot of the information that comes out in terms of fitness is so is so terrible. Like I look at some of the workouts some of these people put out, and they're like, you know, oh, I, I follow so and so's workout. Have you seen his workout? It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it for, is crazy. Yeah, you're right. Is, you're right. Yeah. Go if you do that, it's not going to work for you. And if you can last. Uh, and it doesn't hurt you, you'll find within a very short period of time that not only will it stop working, but you're going to start going backwards. Yeah, and I know that, too, it's, again, with this whole push for January, everybody wants to psychologically kind of, uh, you know, gather their thoughts in one direction and really create this focus and motivation. And so along this process, there's all kinds of these other types of people. If it's the guy that looks super awesome and is the ultimate athlete or is the ultimate physique you want, you know, you kind of gravitate in that direction. But at the same time, there's people that have these life changing transformations and these motivational stories behind it. And uh, that that's something that never really resonated with me personally, just always wanting to work within where I was personally, like where I, me always like self-assessing and, and being critical of uh, my own process, my own journey, my own hero's journey. Like I, I want to create that for myself. Uh, but that I, I find a lot of times that that does help people to initially spark something within them. And I find value mm. in that spark. But in terms of now taking that spark and what you do with that spark, that's up to you. Yep. It, it's funny. I'll talk to uh, like family members or friends who are like, okay, I want to start, I want to start working out. I'm going to go get a membership at the gym. Like, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, you're 40 or whatever, 35. You haven't worked out in 10 years or never. W- really you want to know what my suggestion is? I think you should work out at home two to three days a week, do these basic exercises and I'll write them down for them. Okay. I want you to do some body weight squats, some body weight lunges, try some push-ups, maybe off your knees. If you have some bands, do some band rows. Like I'll give them like six or seven exercises. And I'll say do like two to four sets of each one and do these, you know, two to three days a week and do this for a couple months first. And then if you're consistent with that, then we can progress. And you know what they'll say to me? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you know, I won't do that. I have to sign up for the gym. I'm like, no, 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 hold on a second. You won't do it if you won't do that, then you're not going to do anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Start off like that. Like, you know. Simple. Yes, total simple. Like, most people, most people can get pretty far and be pretty happy with their bodies working out, no joke, two, three days a week. I swear to God. If with a decent diet, right? If you have a shitty diet, forget about it. But if you have a decent diet, and you're eating relatively healthy, two to three days a week of a good kind, you know, good routine is going to give you pretty much everything you want. If now that's you're not gonna, more than you're doing right now, of course. Yeah, and and now you're not going to look like 
a physique competitor. You might not have a six-pack or look super jacked, but are you going to be fit? Are you going to be able to move better? Are you going to be probably pretty happy? Yes. Is that maintainable and sustainable for most people? I think so. Yeah. I think two or three days a week in the gym is sustainable for most people. Right. And that's it. That's that's pretty much it. Start there, take it easy, and watch what happens. And intensity, that's the last thing that you start to crank up because mm-hmm. you you don't have the you don't have the ability or the the form or the stability get good first to push these exercises to a point of of high intensity. I mean, it's like uh, God, I don't know how else to explain it. It's like not it's like just learning how to ride a bike and now you're going to try and ride as fast as you can downhill. Yeah. Like I oh, I just barely learned how to balance. Now I'm going to push and see how fast I can go. What do you think is going to probably happen? You're probably going to fall. You the speed wobbles and eat shit. And I'm going to take it one step further since it's a New Year's podcast. And I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm sure we got new listeners because of the, the month. And I would challenge you if you're just getting started right now is to spend your first week or two of just purely tracking. Um, I think that's an incredible goal. I mean, it's a great goal to start with, like just to find out where the fuck you're at. Uh, I don't know how many people come to me with wanting advice related to nutrition and exercise, and they have no real clue. There's no data to, there to is, bring there, you. And there's, and there's no real starting point. They don't even really truly know. Like How many people will tell you, like, oh, I eat good? And then you tell them the track, and it's like they're eating. Yeah, what does that mean? Horrible, you know what I'm saying? Because because they make some good healthy food choices, they think they fall in the category of good. Meanwhile, they're missing all kinds of macro and micro targets all over the place. So, what I would urge you to do is to track your movement. Steps is the easiest thing to do and the cheapest way you can. So just see how many steps you're doing every day. Yeah, every single day for That's one it. to two weeks, and set that as a goal. Like if you're too fucking lazy to wear something on your wrist or put it in your fucking pocket and then to check it after a week just to kind of get an idea of what what a lazy week or a normal week or what what your movement looks like like you're going to have a really hard time reaching your ultimate goal so start with that and then the same thing goes for for food if you fat secret my fitness pal there's a ton of them out there now just track it. You don't need to get crazy. It's pretty easy too. You just enter in. Yeah, they've gotten. They've become so intuitive now. Yeah, yeah. You so, search for the food now. You don't have to. Write yeah, it. And, yeah, and 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 don't don't stress over the exact label, brand name, or like that. You we're we're looking for a just a good general idea of what are you consuming. You know, are you are you hitting 0.7 grams of protein for your body weight? Are you getting 25 or more grams of of fiber in the day? Are you eating over 50 to 60 grams of sugar? Are you way under consuming carbohydrates or way over consuming carbohydrates? Like, let's get an idea. Are you eating enough healthy fats? Like, just fucking track. Just track all that shit for a week and just to to take a look. And then from there, make one small little thing. One small little thing. Like, that. of all the things I just named off nutritionally, pick one and try and improve upon it. If you're an over consumer on sugar, try and minimize that a little bit. Don't go no sugar ever again if you're a fucking abuser but try and get better at that set that as a goal like i'm going to be better about my sugar intake i'm going to monitor and watch it and i'm going to improve upon it or if you're an if you're like a lot of my female clients you were under consuming in in protein you know make an effort to get the right protein intake if you're like majority of people that i've trained that don't get enough fiber in their diet Make an effort to get enough fiber in your diet every single day. Try and add to the diet nutritionally of something that you need. That would be my one thing and, and attack that and then build upon that. And then as far as exercise and movement, 
set a nice goal of I would like to follow a program like Maps Anabolic two or three days a week. I think that's a great goal. But even more importantly, address the movement. Just make sure that you're moving your body more than what you were consistently the week before and and incrementally move it up. Don't double it or triple it. Move it up by 2,000 steps a day. That's it. And then and hopefully two or three days of the week, that's done through lifting weights. I think that would be ideal. But even just the movement, that's that's a good enough goal to yeah, start I, you. I used to love it when I would get clients who uh, drank a lot of soda because I knew that there was one... That's one thing that'll make a massive difference. Just one easy yeah. thing. Yeah. Like I had this one lady who That's like drinkers. Too. Yeah, she wanted to lose like forty. Yeah. I think wine, she wanted to lose like forty. Yeah, wine, yeah, wine drinkers. Like wine and soda drinkers. Yep. I had this one client. She wanted to lose like forty-five pounds or something like that. And uh, you know, I had her track, and I saw that she was drinking. You know, one to four sodas every day. Like every single day, this is what she would do. So I said, okay. Uh, she's like, all right. What kind of diet should I go on? I said, nothing. All I want you to do is. Uh, you is not drink soda anymore or if you absolutely have to have the flavor of soda drink diet isn't the best option but it's another step right so what she did is she eliminated the soda that's all she did and i remember she lost 10 pounds right away and she was so mind blown i remember yeah. her her just coming and be like did i really lose 10 pounds just from not drinking soda and i said and she had to change nothing else so absolutely and every time we made a little step we would see that scale move into the point when we, you know, made big lifestyle changes. But that's really the approach. That's the approach with exercise too. Like, if you go to the gym and you do three exercises, that's it. Three ex and practice them. Spend ten to fifteen minutes on each exercise, practicing it, trying to get good at it, move through it. You don't need to do crazy intensity. Believe me, if you never squat and you just practice on squatting, you're gonna feel it. I promise you. Yeah. Just go and practice three exercises. That's it. Go home. Watch what happens to your strength. You'll, you'll start to notice, you'll start to progress in terms of your strength. You'll start to feel better. And that's pretty much it. And that's really the key uh, to long-term success. And then when you start to get good at everything and you feel confident and comfortable with everything and your form feels amazing, things are on point, then have fun with intensity. Now you can push the workouts. Now you can start to drive your body really, really hard. But you have months before you get to that point. It takes a long time before you get to that point. If you're if you're an experienced lifter and you've been lifting for years and maybe you just kind of fell off the wagon and you're back on in January, my personal recommendation program-wise would be starting somewhere like MAPS Anabolic and start with a two-day, maybe three-day week thing and, and addressing the movement. If you're somebody who has been out of the game for months and months and months and or a, a fairly new lifter, that's why we created Map Starter. We knew that the Map Starter program probably wouldn't appeal to a majority of our our hardcore listeners that have been listening for a long time because most of them are pretty advanced or been consistent for a long time. But if you're somebody who's listening right now and you're really just getting back into fitness or this is the first time really getting into fitness, that's why we created that program where it's, there are no barbell movements. It's really just getting you into practicing some of these movements that will later on support or lay the foundation for a great program like Anabolic. That's it. And if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download some of our free fitness guides. So we have a lot of information out there. It doesn't cost you a single dime. It's all at mindpumpfree.com. You can also find our individual Instagram pages. My page is mindpumpsal, Adam is mindpumpadam, and Justin is mindpumpjustin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, 
MAPS performance and MAPS aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>